Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What were your thoughts when you first heard that Jake Paul's older brother was going <laughs> to join? Like, be honest. Like, be completely honest. Maybe completely honest. Yeah, yeah. So who the f*** is that? <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news, breaking news from the Impulsive Podcast. Three gents are sitting on a couch to bring you this important message. Uh, <laughs> Dude, at some point, you gotta say something. <laughs> you gotta do something. <laughs> your name on the I background. Know, I know, I know. Have part of it. Uh, anyways, hey guys, welcome <laughs> back to Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world. Now, when I say that, I, I mean it. Um, it's data, and why would I lie about something like that? You can look it up. It's illegal to lie about that. Yeah. Empirical evidence. Hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed. <sighs> Logan wrestled last night <laughs> in the WWE SummerSlam event of the century. You guys have all seen it. He went off the top rope through a f- table that also had a sandwich meat made up of Mike the Miz in the middle of it. His brain is now splintered into a million pieces. Uh, you know what? But... <laughs> He's going to do his best for you guys today. Logan, tell us a little bit about your state of mind last night. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, my, my neurons aren't firing the way they usually do. Yesterday was a big day. And you know what? I'm very happy to say I, I'm feeling so healthy. I'm barely sore. I can't believe it. I did so many leaps, so many jumps. I Honestly, I didn't think I was going to make it out of that without a broken arm or leg. I swear to God. That table jump. I, the first time I practiced it, the stunt guy goes, "You are going to break both femurs." What? What? He said that and, to you? Well, because I landed too. I landed too. Uh, too close. Oh, got it. And dude, you know what's funny? Uh, if you guys haven't seen the clip, I've littered my Instagram with it. I'm, I'm, I'm amused. I don't know if I can say this. I'm amused by watching me do the WWE. I cannot believe it's me. Do you understand Bro, what I'm I saying? I can't believe. And I watched it live, dog. I'm, but I'm me. And when I watch it, I go, "Oh, that, guy, that." Guy. That guy's doing pretty good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I black out during it. I just focus on just like the mood. I go on some, I mean, everyone says it, right? There's like the, the, the game time performer and then the person and vastly different. So when I watch, I, I, I don't did know. Did you black out? Back. Not, not black out. Well, sort of, honestly. Like, did it go like this? And you're like, what the fuck? How did I do all that? Like hundred yeah. percent. I go back in the locker room and, and, and that, that, you know, 30 minutes of my life is just gone. And then I look at the replays with my jaw drop. Uh, and, and I have to give a, a thank you to so many people because yesterday, SummerSlam 2022 in Nashville to a 50,000 person uh, a Nissan Stadium was incredible. These are moments that I will remember for the rest of my life. But what's more important to me is that I'm creating moments that the people watching will, will remember for the rest of their life. Yeah. That means a lot to me because I had those moments growing up and I know one day some kid's going to come up to me and be like, I was inspired by you doing the WWE and the crossover. And, but I broke my femurs. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really working for me in the WWE. Steph McMahon, uh, Triple H, who's the guest today, which by the way, we shot 
his podcast yesterday before SummerSlam. So if you're like missing context, that's why it's the only time we could get him. Um, Steph, Nick, uh, uh, Kristen Potty, everyone at the WWE for trusting me. And obviously, like, I, I did this with Floyd. I got to give a shout out to Mike The Miz, my, my opponent, and at one point, mentor, who I did beat last night. I'm 2 0. I'm winning something. Which, I'm winning a combat <laughs> Finally. sport. I he's dirty, bro. I don't, I don't I, like I him. I can't believe it. But, but, you know, he's, he's, uh, he allows me to shine, and he's not afraid to. And a lot of vets for the new guy, I can't imagine that's always easy. He, he understands what it takes to make the organization great. He's a team player. Yeah. And I love the Mike Mike the Miz for that. Um thanks, the, thank you, Dylan. The guy he rolls with is all is problematic, bro. Champa. Like he's gonna yeah, he's gonna do some dirty <laughs> shit. I could tell already. The, the the Mike's wife and and uh how do you say his name again? Champa. Champa. Those two, bro, you gotta watch your back when those two are around, bro. <laughs> Not anymore, bro. I we beat him, it's over. Um no, but dude, when I when I was jumping off uh that pylon onto the table, uh I, I did have I had one thought. Before I, I made the final leap, I, oh, sw- no. I swear to God, <laughs> I'm looking around at this stadium and I'm like, this is it. You know, this is this is a moment that can make or break a career like or make or break you literally, literally in half. <laughs> is this what he can do? What is he capable of? And I go, my life's been so going so good. I did great in WrestleMania. I'm I'm gonna jump and b- break both my femurs right now. Oh my gosh! You thought is, of that? I go. This is the end of my career. Fuck it. And then, <laughs> then just fucking nailed it. I couldn't believe do it. You know how much force, do you know how much force it takes to break a femur? It is the hardest bone. Did in you your see body how high he to, jumped? It doesn't bro? matter. I made a point to go up. Take it from someone who has broken their femur. You need to literally fall from the the, the sky. From you were up there. I'll get that done. I'll get that done. I'm gonna have him make me go higher. I can go. I can that, go, brother. That was also. I want everybody to know. Not one of us knew what he was doing. Not we all watched it. By the way, God, I hate to say this out loud, and I know you're partnering with them, but I'm a big fan of WWE now, bro. I was losing my <laughs> mind in the crowd. Why do you hate to say it, bro? We have, because we have like, Triple H on No, today. because dude, I like to speak real shit. I'm like, this is the podcast. I want to speak my heart. When I first showed up, I go, these guys are fucking weird. I was like, everybody's <laughs> oh like God. dressed weird. This 40 year old man's in tights, and I go, dude, you're sweating. Like, get away from me. But then all of a sudden, I caught myself like. Oh no! What is she doing? And I was like, I was like, oh shit! I'm, I'm like wrapped in it, bro. You weren't even around at this point. And I was still like, oh dude, that bitch better not do that. And then she did it. I was like, no! And yeah. I was like, I'm wrapped in this shit now, but but I kind of like it, dude. It's kind of like a manly soap opera. We're watching, we're watching <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> Becky Lynch. She's great. A, the show. I'm of- telling you, once you start paying attention, if you have someone that you're locked onto and you like, suddenly the WWE becomes exponentially more interesting. And you're captivated now. Yeah. And you're locked in. That you're also, when that they teamed also, up, I got so geeked, bro. I was like, here, that's right. Don't <laughs> gang up on my girl like that. That also wasn't the first time that you had um, uh, engaged with the ropes that evening, uh, climbing on it. When you first came out, you had actually had a, uh, oh, a slight run-in no. with, the, with the corner of the rope. So so when Logan first <laughs> enters the ring, the first thing he does is he goes to each corner to engage with the audience. And when he came over to our corner... Uh, he, for a split second, lost his focus on what he was doing because he saw his friends. And for just the slightest second, he was a little puppy seeing a toy in the corner. And his eyes left the rope and looked at us. 
and his foot slipped, slipped right past it. I go to stand on the second rope because I'm, I'm walking from one corner to the other, right? I celebrated on the one, and I'm in the zone. I'm like, yeah, I'm the man, whatever. <laughs> and I see my, my all my friends just like, <laughs> and I, I got so excited, slipped, and, and 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 in that moment, bro, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking care what everyone in the arena thinks, but I care what you seven people think, right? <laughs> I and, and, and I go, I, I think it'll fucking. This- Roast the shit out of me, bro. I, I was pulled this picture off. I was so embarrassed. Dude, when when no. he walked away, I, I li- this is all of our head goes, ooh, <laughs> bro. Because it's so like, like and, how, and the way he cheered afterwards, like he was like this in the beginning, he's like yeah, and then he missed it, and as he was walking away to go to the other side, he goes, yeah, <laughs> like this is the guy, this is the new WWE superstar. Can't even get on a fucking rope when he enters the ring. Hey, but I, you made it up, bro. I, oh, yeah. I've never seen so many backflips on a guy's spine in my life, like ever. That was incredible. I was I was so tired. I cannot remember the last time I've been that tired in my life. Oh, you, I, I know. You, you I saw me. You were gonna die. I think I had a heat stroke. No, you did. You were like, we left the room because we're like, dude, we need to get out of here. He's he looks pretty messed up. And then I walk, and and then backstage, all the wrestlers are like walking around. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your partner. Like, <laughs> like walking by like like lit, you beat the shit out of him drag him around the rig and he's like anyone want to get ice cream like, and, I, and then I come back into the room to be like dude you gotta see it. and Logan's just on the on tile the ice on my chest ice on my head on my neck um, like I I don't know what happened I think those uh, leather pants, pants bro like, you wore pants th- think about it half my body is not breathing at all yeah. and, and I, I did coffee before and I was kind of off but insane man insane life's Life's been uh, life's been good. I mean, it's good for us. It's wild to just be there watching it, and we got to get really up close when you went through the table and run over and throwing a, f- a few extra cheap shots on the Miz. Bro, you finally threw a right hand. I was actually pretty excited <laughs> about that. I can't believe it, right? <laughs> you ducked, and bop, bop, Milton was like, finally! <laughs> he was so happy. He shed a tear. I wiped it from him. You know, may- may- maybe it is my sport. We'll, uh, we'll get into uh, a little bit more of the details of WWE in the future and the... Um, way it works behind the scenes with Triple H today. But other uh, big fighting news today. I, I want to say first before we do that, like uh, one more quick little uh gas of myself up here and well Prime uh just became the official sports hydration partner beverage for Arsenal the soccer team. I like <laughs> this doesn't like know, bro, you're in a coma somewhere. I hope <laughs> I know, you know that. Dog, dog. None of this shit's real, dude. <laughs> you're like you're sleeping the nurse is like, "Oh, he's still sleeping." And I, you're like, "Arsenal." It's not real WWE. life. <laughs> it's not real life. It's that that is massive and I I have to be honest, I haven't always been the biggest soccer fan, but JJ was and Arsenal loves JJ, right? Like that's part of the reason he's such a good London's partner. Yeah, yeah, bro, like he runs the UK and Arsenal really respects him and JJ loves Arsenal. And so for him it was a, a dream come true, but for the for the business, you know, this solidifies that yeah. we are a true competitor. Yep. We are a better for you, better tasting hydration beverage that is rivaling some of the biggest companies in the world. Our data shows how competitive we are in this market, but now we have one of the best sports teams in the world representing and using our drink to fuel them for their sport. Yeah, that's huge, bro. Huge. Are bro. you able to it share that take data it if it wasn't great. that one data point? Yeah, we it's Prime is now uh uh it, the one is is now a wow. 1% market share in hydration. So for every 100 bottles of hydration beverages sold, one of them is Prime. Which doesn't sound no, that's huge. Like a, it, it's it's, it's big. It's very are you big. are we competing with like every beverage every or just sports beverages? No, hydration. hydration drinks. Hydration. 
It's massive. That's it's basically huge. it's basically when other companies, when you get that that one percent of market, when they start paying attention, when they start saying, "Wow, we got it. We got either a problem here, a possible acquisition here, a competitor here." Like until you get that one percent, you're you really don't matter. But now, like that's that's major. That's yeah. How far major. are you taking this? You want to keep this forever, or are you trying to get bought out? My ultimate goal <laughs> would for the would be for this to become a legacy brand. Um, I, I I think that's so cool. Like, like for this to be around, expand the product, right? Prime is an amazing brand, and we're capable of making an amazing product. What else can we make in the beverage category? And I think it can be a legacy brand. JJ is, is poised to do amazing things in life. So young, 29 years old. I'd like to think I that am, too. Bro, we're young. We are just getting started, scratching the surface. So that's why it's exciting. Anyways, enough of that. Jake's fight. I go. I go out. I apparently I'm walking out to go uh, to fight WWE, and we get some news on Twitter. I didn't find this out until afterwards, but I was. You, the first, like, I he was, was about first, to show Pam yeah. right before you go on. I was the first person. <laughs> to see it. That's very Mike. That's very Mike. <laughs> I was the first person to see it, and I was like, "Dude, fuck, bro. This is this is wild. I can't believe this is happening." I immediately felt really bad for Jake. He's obviously been training his life away for yeah. this fight. His fight. His fight got canceled again. Oh my God. Evidently, because Hashim couldn't make weight. I mean, I mean, people are that, saying he's ducking, bro. You know, at what at what point do you not want to try to make the weight because you're a little nervous? Like, at what point is it not worth it? I can't believe it. I can't believe the social media stars scaring off the real boxers. They're all backing out. The kid can't get a fight, and we feel so bad for him. Like, if you had any idea how grueling training camp was. The four hours of training per day, the sparring, constantly getting hit, having to eat right, making sure your diet's correct, sending your girlfriend back to our LA because you don't want to get oxytocin boosts so you can stay in killer mode. Like for week, weeks, months on end, like, fine, I'll box him. <laughs> Send me the contract, Jake. I want the same amount of money. <laughs> and, 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 and he has to pay everyone on his payroll. He has to pay for the jets that were supposed to take him to and from New York and every single fighter on the Oh, he lost millions. Ev lost millions. Every single fighter on the undercard no longer has a fight. Who have Serrano, also been working everybody. their ass off. A man, <laughs> Serrano. Like, oh man, it just, it's devastating is the word. Do you know if he loses the MSG deposit? I don't know how that works. I don't know. Because they asked Dana White about it last night at the UFC after, and he said his, his everybody's deal is different. But, I mean, you probably got to drop a few hundred thousand dollars I, I can, just to lock in this shit. It's just a mess. We have a new sponsor. Uh, they're called Good Ranchers. They sent us some meat to Puerto Rico, and they it was good. It was great. It was great. Every single steak from Good Ranchers receives the highest USDA grade possible. Plus, this meat is 100% American. They consistently deliver the best quality every single time right to your door. You can take your meals to the next level with Good Ranchers. Plus, they're giving an exclusive offer of two free 18-ounce prime ribeyes. To anyone that uses my code LOGAN at checkout, these are seriously big ribeyes that you can get for free. You're going to have an outstanding source of protein that tastes great, makes you feel great, and make sure you're fueled to hit your goals. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com slash Logan to claim your $80 of free prime ribeyes before they're gone. Eat like a king. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every night with ribeyes, T-bones, Wagyu burgers, and more. Remember, use the code Logan to get your free gift of two prime ribeyes today at GoToRanchers.com. Free steaks! Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back to the program. Your mom had some choice words to say uh, back to <laughs> Haseem uh, after this happened. So Jake had put out this, this uh, uh, kind of report on what had happened, why the fight had been canceled. Your mom quote tweeted it and had written uh, just simply, you're a pussy. <laughs> at Haseem. Great, went, wi- great writing. Went, went for the guy's throat. And, you know, was was nervous. Here's what happened. Mike took my mom's phone and tweeted from her phone. Her phone. Like, <laughs> in, in, in Mike's defense, she had this paragraph of nonsense. It, and he goes, listen, so let me wrap it up for you. He deleted everything. And he just goes, you're a pussy. And then she looks at me. She goes, is that great? I go, listen, I trust Mike on this. <laughs> she goes, she goes, should we send this to the team to, like, review first? I go, Pam. I already tweeted it. It's, it's been tweeted for five minutes. He has one on draft, actually. She goes, draft one for her. Tell him the draft one. I don't remember. It it's uh, man. Okay, so he has one in the draft, and she says it's on site. Oh, it's on site. <laughs> yeah, that, she was like, she was like, I like that. Tweet that one. So she goes, what site is it? I was like, nope, nope. Uh, just let him tweet. So, so Hasim responded to it. You know, no, no, he did not. Yes, and and. What was it? God, her scene responded and, to my and, sweet, and bro, sweet mother yeah, calling and, him a puss. And from what I understand, Mike. so did the um, the New York so State did the mom, Commission. dude. Hasim's mom. I, I think I may have in, in, unintentionally started a a, a major uh, battle here. Oh wow, he's very he's been very active the past uh, however many hours. We have a podcast with Jake, which is also why it's problematic. Selfishly, we have a podcast with him, and for a good you know ten minutes of it it's a great podcast it's coming out uh either later this week or next week but we were talking about his fight we're gonna have to cut around all that do the surgery so you guys don't have to hear the bullshit he's saying um so hasim is saying uh tweeted jake and his team canceled the fight not me the fight isn't happening on their accord not mine yeah 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 (laughs) he said back to your mom (laughs) your mom said once again surprisingly i can't believe she would say this you're a pussy at right uh hasim and he said uh somebody put some i don't know if i really this. Say it, Mike. Actually, can, yeah. can you can you read it? All right. Somebody put something in this wrinkled bish mouth. My zipper stuck, and we go and see who the pussy when you run into my mama. Somebody what? put something in this wrinkled bish mouth. My zipper stuck, and we go and see. Oh, it's on site when I see this motherfucker. That's a pretty like aggressive thing to like go. Is there a way that I could like? <laughs> Go back and not tweet that. Because, like, yo, this was not my intent, man. And oh, Evan, shit. you should have stopped me. She actually just sent a voice message. She said, did you see Hasim's response to me? And I said, uh. Use the draft. I said, yeah, maybe don't. I said, maybe don't respond. She did just send another voice message. Should I play it? Sure. It's 34 seconds. No. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Well, uh. 
Yeah, the Jake episode's coming too. Yeah. Uh, we, we still have plenty of meat in that podcast. We have a, uh, a special message for Andrew Tate. We've got Triple H going on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an amazing episode. Uh, if you have not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. And yeah, let's cut to yesterday. I'm sorry, Pam. Hey, Steph. How are you? Hey. How are you? Hey. you mind if we watch? No, no, not at all. No, please join us. All right. All right. Do, does the volume sound good? Yeah, it's good. You're comfortable? You guys went with the old guy's deaf, right? You turned it up. <laughs> turned turn up <laughs> position three's headphones. It's on, the, it's on the highest setting, so if we blow out your eardrums, yeah. apologies on behalf of Mike. My hearing is really good. It's my vision. I don't think, you know, that's more <laughs> can you see me right now? I can't. I can, distances are fine. If you ask me to read something, I'm not even close. I, I can't, can't even read. read. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's not because of my vision. That's because no, yeah. I'm stupid. It's, it's just a skill set. <laughs> it's a skill set thing that you never learned. I'm mastering it. Yeah. I got an intro for you. Go. Are you ready? <laughs> Our guest is one of the greatest and most iconic WWE superstars of all time. He transitioned out of the ring and is now the executive vice president of talent relations and is officially the head of WWE creative. He's actually my boss. He is the 14-time world champion. He is the cerebral assassin. He is the king of kings. It is the game. Triple H, ladies yeah! and gentlemen. That's a good, a good aggressive read. <laughs> I like it. Thanks. I've been working on my mic skills yeah. now, that, now that I am a WWE superstar. <laughs> I have a ways. I have a ways to go. But yeah. uh, it's 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 funny because you know you're you're actually my boss. But uh, unfortunately, since you did come like 15 minutes late, I don't know how to say this. 20. You're fired. Yeah. But cool. Thanks <laughs> no, for having no, no, me. Please. No, no, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. no, it's it's an honor to have. I you, was man. debating quitting when I was upstairs and then you fired me when I got here. He's like, I got to go do this it's idiot show right now. <laughs> no, you're you're I can I can imagine how busy you are. Did you fly in today last night? Dude, this week has been uh you talk about getting shot out of a cannon. So Tuesday I left uh you know, we prepping for this and then Tuesday I leave home to come down here because Wednesday morning early and and Tuesday, I the only reason I was there was it was my daughter's birthday, mm. Thursday, but I wasn't going to be there, so I spent the day with her on Tuesday as a make good for the, the Thursday, uh, dad and 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 husband priority over everything else, yep. right? And then uh, so Tuesday night I flew here, Wednesday we started uh, tryouts. We had fifty college athletes and NIL athletes mm -hmm. in uh, at the Wild Horse. Uh, saloon, which seems like an funny place to do a, an athletic you're, tryout. You're in Nashville. But, you're in Nashville. Yeah, but you're in Nashville, and it, and it's uh, <laughs> it is Nashville, right? The Wild Horse. But so flew in Tuesday night, started that on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, when we wrapped the first day of tryouts, I flew back to Connecticut, had a business dinner uh, with some of our partners, got up in the morning, had a board meeting from the morning until three o'clock, got on a plane, flew back here, came straight to the tryouts again. Um, was there for that. Um, I'm trying to think now. Smackdown. What was that? Smackdown. Yeah, but what did I do in between there? There was, you, it was, really wasn't much there was something else that I did. So <laughs> Thursday I flew back, did the second half of the tryout. Um, God, there was something else I did in between there. But anyways, then yoga. yesterday. <laughs> no, I haven't yeah, had time for my yoga. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I did. Is there any leisure jammed in there? Like, did you go to Top Golf or I something? Like, I not just nothing. The leisure was driving from Wild Horse to the hotel back to Wild Horse. Nice. Or to the airport. But then uh, yesterday we started first thing in the morning, had uh, tryouts again, then media, then some stuff with fans, then got on a plane, flew to Atlanta, did SmackDown, got back on the plane, flew here, was at Taker's. <laughs> 
one-man show last night, got up this morning, I'm here with you guys, uh, head over to the stadium and uh, watch you, if there was a roof on it, blow the roof off. Yep, yep, yep. No roof, is, by the way, is interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to be humid, if the energy is going to be different. Nah, dude. So the one thing, it's funny, like those stadium shows, the energy will be different because there's a, a, a slight delay. Ah. As weird as it sounds, it's not really that far away, but there's a slight delay. So when you do something, there'll be like a gap and then a reaction. Interesting. Right? It'll be, it'll be slightly different. And the sound a lot of times goes up. So s smaller venues, like the loudest, one of the loudest arenas for me in the country is Chicago, is, is Allstate Arena. It used to be mm. called the Rosemont Horizon. I've been in that place, I can recall distinctly in like late 98, 899, wrestling Austin in that building. It was right after Sean got injured, Austin had just become champ. He was crazy over and I can remember laying in that ring and we'd done about a 40 minute match or 45 minute match, laying in that ring closer than we are and having to scream at each other wow. to communicate. And I, we just couldn't, and Steve's deaf anyways, but uh, <laughs> we, we could not, just could not hear each other. It yeah. was so incredibly loud. It, like, so buildings like that where it's tight and the, the roof is small and it's got a wooden roof. It's made acoustically well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that is the, 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 it almost vibrates through you, right? I, I, Stadiums are different. Yeah. I'm new to this, obviously. And so, like, it's going to, there's going to be an interesting dynamic here because I'm, I'm curious, right? As the new guy, and I'm sitting in front of a, you know, a vet, a legend, and now my boss. Uh, <laughs> but I noticed um, distinctly how much louder and how, much more I could feel the energy just last week at MSG. Yes. I, oh, my God. I, so loud. I, you know, I'm not doing arena uh, or, like, stadium performances often, but, man, Madison Square Garden went nuts, man. Yeah. And I also think that just the fact that you're at the Garden, like, you're... Add to it. Yeah, your adrenaline and everything else uh, amplifies, right? Uh, so, like, to me, when you're geeked like that, you know, that, that's the first time you uh, performed Madison Square Garden? Yeah, and we opened to, right. uh, with, with physicality. We were, going, we were going crazy. Yeah, I know, right? And, and, and you blew the roof off the place. But, and, and let me just say this to you, to your credit, right, and, and, and Mrs., the garden is probably the most jaded arena in the world, mm. right? They are, like, you know, we used to say back in the day sometimes, like, God, I mean, you got to cut somebody's head off with a chainsaw on this joint to get the <laughs> decay, seen right? They've, They've seen it all. It all Inside from, and outside Yeah, the from Bruno to Hogan to <laughs> Cena to Rock to Austin yeah, to every, yeah. just everything, right? Yeah. And they, they've seen it all, they've done it all, and th that's the place where, like, if you get them at the garden, you got it. Yeah. You know, and you got them at the garden, dude, Thanks, so man. hats off. So Thanks. Nashville's roofless? It's like roofless. A, so it's Nissan Stadium. So you've you've performed actually just to remind you at a roofless stadium it, before. With, you with, fought a really small boxer <laughs> by the name of Floyd Mayweather in a roofless stadium. I remember so it was pouring it, rain. It just the, the fandom is different. Size, but also let me tell you the difference in that. So you box a dude like Floyd. You have one focus. Yep. Right. I don't care if you're fighting anybody. You have one focus. Right? An athletic event is different. One focus. It's the person in front of you. Right? You, you don't, you're not so worried about fans. You're not so worried oh about the reaction. God. It's like I'm trying not to get tagged and get knocked out and embarrass myself in front of the world, yeah. right? Or whatever that is, your focus is, is clean. Our job 
is to make them go crazy. Your focus is on their reaction. I can't believe you're saying this. I just told this to my girl this morning. I'm, 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 I'm trying to gauge how I feel going into this new venture. And even like he's been making fun of me. I've just been like quiet this trip and, and like super reserved collecting my energy because I have never thought about this much stuff in my life for for a performance. Yeah. Like like I, I want to put on a good show. You know, it's not just about the physicality. I got to be an entertainer. And you told me that. I said it to at you, WrestleMania. Right? Because I feel like that's the gap that people have. Right. Even even our talent that have been doing this a long time. It's not the moves, right? It's it's not the. It's like watching a movie. How, how many movies have you seen with crazy budgets and special effects and CGI that visually you go like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Right? And no one cares. Story <laughs> sucks. The, yeah. the movie bombs. Right. There's no story. No one really fully cares, right? Because it's not about the moves, what we do. It's about what you do in between. It's the characters and the story. That's why I was saying to you, like, you, you know what you're doing, right? You've, you've, you've walked through this. You've done it. You're ready to go. You know the moves. You're an athlete. You're, and dude, crazy good athlete that Thanks. has picked this up like that. That's not easy to do. I've only seen that less than a handful of people be able to do what you've done. Thank you. Right? That's amazing, and you should be proud of that. But but the truth is, the athleticism, all those other things, I can make a way longer list of terrible athletes that were incredibly over in this business mm. than I can crazy athletes that were the be-all, end-all. Right? People that are fanatics about what we do go like, oh, my God, the match was so good. Those guys are so good right now. Everybody else is like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, remember the two guys had a good match. I don't remember what their names were, but they were really good. Yeah. Right? Like, you want to be memorable, capture their emotions, right? My, yeah. my wife uses a quote from Maya Angelou all the time about uh, people don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do. They remember how you made them feel, feel mm. right? Yeah. Our business is about feel. If you make them feel, it's the in-between things that make them feel. It's that... It's the wide world of sports. It's the thrill of victory. It's the agony of defeat. It's yep. those movements where you can't believe, the, oh, my God, I hit this guy with everything I had. He just kicked out. It's that moment after that. And if guys slow down and let that story register, the, the, the level of when you're, when you're new at this or you haven't fully grasped that concept yet, you do something, it gets a massive reaction. And you're like, oh, my God, that's cool. right? And now you're your adrenaline's up and your instinct is to go to the next thing and let's get them while they're hot and do this thing. Sit, mm -hmm. wait, mm -hmm. let them not know what's next and they will start to rumble, right? The, the, the anticipation of like getting to the edge of your seat. You need those moments where you look at your friend next to you as an audience member and go, holy shit, what's gonna happen now? I've, I've seen it, oh my God, I don't know where they're going. This is crazy good, right? Yeah. Like you need those moments. That's where this becomes magic. The rest of it just becomes a movie that you go like, wow, that was a really cool movie. And then a, a day later, you've totally forgotten about it, as opposed to something that makes you, you watch it, and then you talk about it for five days afterwards. Holy shit, can you believe that? I'm still thinking about Reigns. that movie. We're, right? talk, we're talking about this with, uh, Rain, with Roman Reigns, and he, <clears throat> he sits in the silence, and he just lets it simmer and brew. Something I know nothing about, but he just what everybody in the audience just sat there waiting, biting on what his next, what he was going to say next. And I wanted to ask. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ask you, how long did it take for you to go from getting out there, handling the the core tenants, the physicality, the, the, the main parts of the performance, before you started to layer in those minute details that really drilled home to the viewers, because that's when I'm waiting for like him to reach that point where he starts to own the, the core tenants of the performance and starts to layer in his real personality. So it takes time and everybody's different. I think for me, I was lucky in my generation coming in, right? So I come into in, in 95, I come into WWE and I've got, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, one, two, three kid who was like a measuring stick here in some manner, right? I'm working with Razor Ramon every night. I'm working with Diesel. I'm, I'm like all these people, all these guys that have incredible experience at being storytellers, not being, you know, just just, just doing the movements and all that stuff, right? Um, like Scott Hall, one of my really close friends, uh, you know, unfortunately passed, but like I, I learned... He's so underrated in this business. I learned so much from him, right? Because he would be the guy that like, you know, he just talked like Eeyore, but he would be like, afterwards, he would just say shit so simple like, why are you getting up so fast right there when we do that thing? Like, it makes no sense. Like, Dude, lay there and just let them let them come and they're gonna rumble, you know? And then the next night we'd get out there and he'd be like, don't move. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'd lay there, and all of a sudden, like the people would be going apeshit. I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Boom, light would go off. Right, stuff like that. I I learned more from working with guys like the Bushwhackers. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but because like I, I remember one time I, we were in um, we, we went to um, Kuwait like right after the the war was over, and and uh, they brought us over there for like a six day run was actually great we were in the same hotel every day which half of which was missing from a bomb but but we we're in this hotel and every night we'd go work the same arena but every night was different it's so like one night i'd work with razor one night i'd work with kid one night i was working with butch <laughs> you know but you know those guys were older and they wanted to have fun and they wanted to make it different and so you had to learn how to tell a story with them without making them take a bunch of bumps and without doing other things and that's that period of time for me is when I learned that aspect of it psychology and and crowd control not crowd controlling me crowd controlling them you know what I mean and and when you get there where you have that crowd and even if you're thinking I'm gonna do this next because that's what we've talked about doing but you're you know you get to that moment and you go like yeah I know that's what we're supposed to do but if we do this they'll go double nuts mm. and you call an audible and you switch it and you do something else right and there's the moment where it just becomes a lie because you're you're guiding them they're giving you that feedback but then you're taking that feedback and going in a totally different direction to go like you think you know where we're going watch this but that, that's when this thing like we used to always do that back in the day that's the main line right like when you get there and can do that dude and there's nothing that can ever happen in the ring then that's out of your control. Do it do you have a moment that like stands out to you as like the craziest moment that ever happened to you in your in your career? 
Dude, I make you a list. Um, but like, I'll give you an example of just something that one time Rock, Kurt Angle, and myself were in a, in a storyline. We're having a triple threat match at a big pay-per-view. Um, Steph's a part of that. She's in the back. We're, as a part of that match, Kurt is going to get put through a table by me. And I'm going to pedigree him through a table. He's going to get knocked out, and they're going to cart him off. Except we get up on the table, I hook Kurt's arms, and as we're about to go for the pedigree, the table breaks from underneath us, and I'm looking down to try to protect Kurt because I got his arms, and like I'm, you know, first rule, right? Protect your opponent. I'm trying to protect him, but we come down and I watch his head smash into a control box, oh. right? And <laughs> we hit, we, yeah, it's funny, right? We hit, and I go down, and I hear Kurt start snoring. Oh. He's out like cold. So I, Put my hand on him. I go, Kurt, you okay? And he wakes up and he starts trying to get up and take a mouthpiece that he doesn't have in <laughs> out of his mouth. And he's like trying to get up. So I grab him by his straps. I pull him down. I said, dude, don't move. And I hold him there. But I realize, and I tell the referee, like, he's out. He, so they take him on a cart to the back. Which was now, supposed to happen. Which anyways. was supposed <laughs> to happen, except for he's out and has no idea where he is. And we don't know if he's coming back. And dude, the whole finish is him coming from the back with Steph and coming from the back and doing all this stuff. Now, this is where the story gets terrible because today we know about concussions yep. and right everything yep. else. None of this should have ever happened, but we didn't know this at the time. But, um, you know, Kurt goes in the back. Rock and I are just working now. Like, all, now we're off script and we're just working mm -hmm. and I'm, we're just talking to each other. And at some point, we're getting feedback from the back through the referee. And like, finally, I just tell, it was Earl Hebner, I just tell Earl, Earl, do not tell me one thing, with a lot of expletives in here, that they say from the back. I don't give a shit. I need one thing. Tell me if he's coming back, if he knows where he is. That's it. That's all I need to know. Mm. And tell me when. We'll just keep going until somebody tells me he can come out or he ain't coming. I'll figure out a finish. But halfway through what we're doing you know we're now we're just like in uncharted territory we get a note kurt can come back when you're ready he has no idea where he is <laughs> so he met one of the parameters yes <laughs> <laughs> so you know rock and i talk about it all right let's go here comes kurt we see him coming <laughs> steph has him like a kid like walking him down the ramp and he's glazed over he has no like he has no idea where he is. And now Rock and I start doing stuff with him and literally like just telling him what to do. And like at one point, like I go to punch him, Steph's behind him. I gotta, I gotta punch, but he's gotta duck the punch. And I'm gonna hit Steph. And like he can see me rearing up for him, but he's just looking at me like <laughs> I, I know he is not ducking. I had to, I grab him by the neck and I pull him out of the way, you know, so I can yeah. hit Steph. Like that's the kind of stuff like you just can't. You can't, there's no way to plan for it. There's no way to anything, right? And when you watch that match back, you go like, oh, my God. I would never know anything was wrong. I would never know anything was amiss, <laughs> any of it. But for us, <laughs> we, were, we were flying without radar and just going. And, and when you get to that place, you know, you can do anything, but it's, it's, it's a challenge and, and stuff happens. You know, it, it just is what it is, right? Injuries happen. Moments happen where things change and you got to just be able to, to switch on the fly. Not you, obviously, yet. But, you know, if you do this long term and you do it long enough, you, you get there. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard these stories about um, being able to adapt. And it's, it is so crazy to me, again, as the newcomer, like, 
WWE is a living, breathing organism, and everything changes and happens so quickly. But at the same time, while it is living and it is breathing, it's also a machine, a very well-oiled machine, right? Yes. I, I've, I've never uh, been involved with an organization that functions with such fluidity. Um, I'm, I'm told where to go. I'm told what to do. Uh, and, and I listen. I'm a good employee. <laughs> please, please, Appreciate that. Please, please don't fire me. Um, <laughs> But is it is exciting. That's what that's what makes it so interesting. I want I want to talk about your uh, your rivalry with uh, the Rock. Yeah, legendary. Yeah, and, and and what he's done with his career has been incredible. And it, you know, kickstarted by the WWE. You guys both have had prolific careers, and and what you've done for the organization is amazing. But I, the the rivalry with the Rock was one of the coolest things I think that's happened. It, it was for me. You know, at the time, you don't realize it. We've all talked about this. Me, mm. Stone Cold, Rock. Uh, we, we've all had these conversations at separate times. What an era that was and the talent and, and what we had to, to work with each other. And um, it, it just was a special time. But at the moment, it was just like Thursday. You, you know, it's it, so yeah, weird. Yeah, you didn't yeah. understand it at the time. Now you look back and go like, oh my God, it was so amazing and so wonderful. And, and the people that we had to work with, you know, on, on any given night, like I can make you a list of the most talented guys ever in the history of the business. And I was getting to work with them, you know? So when rock came in, you know, I was kind of just getting past my hurdles here and was sort of getting elevated into a position. Rock comes in as the new guy, you know, and then our careers sort of do this like alignment with each other where it's like, uh, we fight over the intercontinental title as two guys just trying to make a name for themselves then we do make name for ourselves and we're still fighting over the intercontinental title and it goes as high as you know ladder matches at wrestlemania i mean uh, SummerSlam, and like these huge moments then he gets into the nation and goes from being rocky maivia to to the rock and uh he's with the nation and i'm with dx and now we have this rivalry with those two groups and then we bounce out of that he becomes a you know a heel i'm the baby face still then uh, it flips, yep. and he becomes the babyface, and I become the heel again, and now we're we're having this rivalry over the WWE Championship, and and just moving up the line, Austin gets injured and has to leave, and and Rock and I, you know, he put himself in a place as the number one babyface, you know, right in line with Steve. As I was coming out of DX, I saw that, and I was like, well, I'm, you know, like one, I don't like being a babyface, two. Like these guys need a Darth Vader, mm. you know. As you had two, because you could just see that Rock. Like from the moment I met him, I was like, dude, this guy is so charismatic. Like he just gonna take this to a whole nother level, personality wise. As soon as he figures out what that is, um, and he did. So they they needed you're only as good as the opposition, right? The antagonist only as good as a protagonist, and and vice versa. So I, I knew that spot. So then I wanted that. I wanted that king bad guy spot yeah um but it just worked for the two of us my, my only regret of the whole thing with rock is in 2000 we were um we were poised to have a match at wrestlemania one-on-one -on -one, and i think that would have been an epic thing for both of us in that moment the timing of taker's return and austin's return and austin wasn't quite ready yet so they pushed the WrestleMania match, and it's the year that we did this like fatal four-way with Foley, who I had just retired, 
coming back like a month later with his hair all cut because yeah. he thought he was off now forever, right? He was going to be a normal dude. And here he is back and, and big show. And, um, you know, like a month later or a couple of months later, we would have the one-on-one Ironman match that we wanted to have at WrestleMania. And uh, it's un- unfortunately for me, I always feel like it's the one thing, like we got to this unbelievably heated long-term rivalry and then never got to pay it off on the biggest platform possible. And I think Rock feels that way too. It's why a, a couple of years ago we did a backstage little thing. I with saw the that two last night. Hilarious. Yeah. So and, funny. And that was literally him coming to me and saying like, dude, I, I, I want to do a match next year. I'd like to do it with you. Like, let us have that WrestleMania match we never got to have. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Why, right? did, that, why did that not happen? His schedule. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that you guys had teased a he match in like, in like 2014 as well that you guys were supposed to have that didn't yeah, happen? It's was happened that... a couple of times yeah, and yeah. just, you know, schedule wise or whatever, it just c- couldn't take place. But, you know, he, he's certain guys that I've worked with, uh, you know, just Austin, I worked with like all the time because when Sean was injured, even before I was in that position, I was doing all the main events with Steve because Sean was out, right, and getting ready for WrestleMania. And so, I, I you know, of, of the opponents I worked with the most, it's probably Rock and Steve during that time frame. It was just every night. And, and one of the things that I realized with Rock is, you know, it's a very competitive environment for all of us. And, and uh, sometimes that competitiveness could get heated and sometimes it was – we all got along, but it was, you know, it was, it was competitive. And, um, but we knew like it was magic, mm. you know, like I knew from the first time he and I got in the ring together and went out, I was like, oh, man, we, the two of us have some chemistry here. Like this is just, it, it's, it's off the chart and it's going to be really good. I, I have a, a bit more of a technical question because you are now the, the new head of creative and you're talking about an era that was some of the most exciting uh, sports entertainment quality standard era in history. And now I feel like, how do I say this? How, how how do you continue to get that excitement and, 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 and make this next generation thinking about and remembering the moments they're seeing today for the rest of their lives? Because there's so much media out there and so much to consume and people are getting lost in X and Y and Z. And we all remember the time when you were coming up, right? But do you feel that the WWE is as uh, prominent and as uh, much of a force as it was when you were on the come up? So I, I do, right? I, I think it, the, the global nature of what we do and, and the phenomenon of what we do, like how much it touches people and the emotion of it, there was a moment in time, I think, because it was so, I don't want to say new because the Hogan era was so big. Steve and I used to stand at a curtain every night. Steve, Steve and I are both like the kind of guy that, like I would go to the shows, I watch every match. Like I'd have my gear on 30 minutes before the show, I'd be standing at that curtain watching every Student, a student. Yeah, yeah, Steve's the same way. Yeah. So a lot of times, even when we were facing, we'd be like on opposite ends of the curtains because then people wouldn't know that we were just three feet away from yeah. each other right? <laughs> in case they saw us. But we'd be watching the show and doing like running commentary with each other while it was going on. Um, you know, it, it was so fresh and so new. And we used to talk about all the time, God, you think this could ever get like it was 
in the 80s, mm. right? Like with Hogan and stuff. And I, I remember very distinctly being in Pittsburgh one time and, and the building was like half full and we had that exact conversation. And then like maybe two, three months later, we were there and it was to the rafters sold out like crazy. And the two of us were like, dude, this is insane. Like how big this has gotten. And it went like that. It went from, and it, and it takes a spark and a moment to like capture people's imagination mm. of, of something like that, to something that wasn't even in their mindset of, of three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden something happens that everybody is talking about. And all of a sudden it becomes the thing. Now the world is different today, right? Like, so there's so many options of things that you can do, podcasts, uh, television shows, TikToks. streaming stuff. You can watch anything when you want to watch it. You're not a, yeah, you're not a, a slave to the moment in time of, well, this comes on at nine and mm -hmm. there's only five other really good things on mm -hmm. at that time even to watch. So, you know, what are you, what are you going to watch? The news? Are you going to watch mm. WWE? You know? I, well, and e that's different. Even, even, I'm sorry to interrupt, George. No, just, even just, um, you know, everyone in the world has to be a bit more sensitive right now. And, and, and some of the more risky or some of the more exciting, like, shock moments that we were able to have back then, uh, you guys have done an incredible job of adapting. But but I think I think part of the uh, lore of, of professional wrestling is the hardcore nature of it, right? Like, you got guys in there who don't give a fuck, right? They're showmen. They'll put their bodies on the line. They'll, you know, hit people with objects and yeah. go crazy. But you know, now you do have to work around those parameters a little bit more. You you do, but like, I often think that. So a lot of times that stuff is overblown. It's the story, mm. right? Like, if you watch a movie, and I always equate what we do to movies, right? If to me, if you watch a movie, and it's just a slasher film, it's fun. But it's not going to stick with you forever. It's just mm. blood and guts, and it's slashing, and it, everything's just like the who can do the more violent kill or the crazier kill or whatever that is, right? Then, what's the most ridiculous way somebody can die, die in this movie and have their guts come out and an eye pop out of their head or whatever that is, right? It's not it doesn't stick with you. It's not memorable. It's the stories. Even in that era, we did a lot of crazy stuff that was mind blowing and was shock television. But the reason it lasted was be not because of the shock television. That's maybe what made you go, what was that? But what kept you there was the emotion and the storytelling. You don't need the shock if you tell the emotion and the storytelling, right? And um, I, I, th there's moments in time of that th through generations. I remember when I was a kid and you know, everybody like General Hospital. Well, now, you guys don't even probably know what that is. Oh, I do. Like, my mother watched it. Of course, my mom watches it to yeah. this day. There you go. And, and, and it was like the biggest moment in time of like this. I remember being a kid in this Luke Laura storyline, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the whole world's like the most captivating thing. And then, like, I can remember seeing it. Like, my mom would record it every night. And I remember watching it and think, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's terrible. The acting's bad. Like, it's just terrible. But, like, the whole world was absolutely captivated by it because this story was so good. Like, then once you watch it for a couple of times, you're like, oh, yeah, no, what's he going to do next? I don't know. This is crazy. It's the story. It, it really is. So, the other stuff, while it's cool, after a while, it, I'm, I'm friends with a guy named John Milius. John Milius wrote Conan. Uh, Apocalypse Now, right? Like classics, epic. Did, did, yeah. did wrote wrote the scene in Jaws where he talks about the Indianapolis and the whole, right, like just a crazy good writer. And, and one time he said to me, we were talking about movies and, and our business, and he goes, "Machine gun fire is boring after five seconds. No one cares." 
but I can make you a 30 minute scene in a movie with one bullet, one gun, one guy with a gun to another guy's head and tension, and you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Right? right? It's like a thousand bullets versus one. Yep. Drama versus one. One that makes you have angst and feel, and oh my God, what, what's going to happen next? I think about it all the time, like in Glorious Bastards, right? Like the opening scene with the guy at the farmhouse and the people are under the floor and you're like sweating watching the scene, right? Like you'll never forget that scene. I've seen people run across the screen a million times and that, not there's anything wrong with that. Chainsaw. The, that's, that's a part of what makes movies great. Yep. I, I just need something mindless and go watch some people get murdered. Well, it's like, <laughs> right? well, it's like you think about horror movies and, and everybody's, you know, you would think everybody's mind would go to Jason and, all, and Freddy Krueger, but like one of the greatest horror movies ever that everybody remembers is The Shining. And yeah. it's and it you know what I'm saying and it's and like please and name please name the big horror like the horrible gory special effects scene in there. Yeah, there's uh, a little blood in the hallway with the two girls, but, but like but you it's know not, it's short. It's short, yeah, right? It's not somebody getting their head chopped right, off, right, right. Or, right? Like it's 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 the emotion and the feel, and it scares the shit out of you, right? Like look, the the magic of Jaws. I mentioned that movie a bit ago, right? Like uh, people wouldn't swim for forever, right? <laughs> Some don't still. You hardly ever saw the shark, and it was a mistake. Because the mechanical shark wouldn't work. Right, right. Right? So they, they had all these scenes with the shark eating people and doing all this gory shit. And then the shark wouldn't work. So they had to just hide it, just show Finn coming through the water or the barrels dragging along the water with the music. And you knew the shark was coming. That's like really being in the ocean. You can't see the shark. It, it goes back to what we mentioned earlier. It's, it's sometimes it's about what you don't say, what you don't show. 100%. Those moments of silence and making people yeah, captivated dude, one, by, by 100%. Silence. But, but getting that. And then... You you can know that, but in the moment when there are, you know, like in that moment tomorrow when there's 50,000 people there and they're going apeshit, to have the balls to wait, to have the balls to be silent, to take the risk of of that quiet, to get to the next level, that's a that's a risk. And, and a lot of people don't have the guts to take it. But if you do, there's magic on the other side. Can I can I suggest something? Yeah. What the fuck do I know? But I'm gonna put on my. But you're a fan, so you do know. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't always been. I have. And that's yeah. not true. I have been, but now I'm a fan, fan, right? I'm invested, yeah. and so are all my friends. Um, I'm gonna put on my creator brain as I say this, because uh, we don't come from inside out, inside the WWE universe, and out. We came from outside in, mm -hmm. and now that we're in, and I'm in. We're all invested. You know, my girl now never watched this in her life. Is she came to MSG? She goes, "Oh my god, I'm in, I'm in now." So while I 100% agree that the story at the end of the day is the uh, thread that the, the spine of this organization and operation, I am also a disruptor, right? I I, I like those big viral moments. I like those hooks that grab mm -hmm. the globe's attention. And I think if there was a way to, you know, tastefully, I, I don't want to go too shock and all too like, you know, decapitate, show the guts and everything. Yeah. But if there's a way to create those moments to hook people who aren't normally invested in the WWE and then get them invested with the, the, the rich nature of the yes. stories, I think that's where you guys are going to crush. And honestly, that's where I would like to help out as well. Yeah. Because I, I don't come, again, from this world. I come from like mainstream like how do i make you care with a fucking six second vine and then now attach you to my decade-long almost career yeah. that people are still watching yeah and i think like 
if there's a way to weave those two worlds, you know, WWE can, WWE is a universe. Let's make this shit a multiverse. Yeah, look, couldn't agree with you more. I think you're, like, just saying that is genius, right? Like, to me, that's where it's at. Mm. You, you inherently get this. That's why you're where you are, right? Like, it, you inherently get the vibe of today's kids mm. and, and, and the young adults and what they're looking for and all that. It's, and when I say the story stuff, it's, it's not like the story has to be there, but yeah, no, the special effects gotta be good when you yeah. do them <laughs> and you gotta have the commercial moment to sell the movie. Cause like there's a million great movies out yeah. there that nobody gave a shit about yeah. and or watched because there was nothing that hooked them to go see it. Right. You, you have to have that hook and you have to have those things. And dude, like, like we want to work with you for that reason yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the thing. I'm old, dude. I don't know how to figure out some of those things <laughs> well, across what you're talking about. Yeah, it's why like it's, you do. It's why I'm excited, um, especially because I mean, like Vince was 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 so good to me. I, I think I was the last superstar he signed. I mean, I'm not a superstar, yet, but I think I was the last. You know, you are. But, you signed the paper that made you a superstar. Yeah, I got there. And you know, I've been I've been kind of getting my feet wet. And I've been in Gorilla and backstage, and every time after my thing, I shake his hand, and he's sitting in the corner there. And last uh, week at MSG, it was you, you know? And so I think there's a, a really interesting opportunity to, uh, to I don't know, do some shit that has not been done before. So I'm going to be pitching ideas all the time at you. And, and I'm counting on it, dude. Okay, good. Yeah, good, I'm good. counting on it. Look, I'll say this about Vince. M massive shoes that I couldn't even dream of beginning to think I could fill. Mm. Right, like the the gap there in this moment is massive, but the opportunity to take it in a direction that has never gone before mm. is massive. I'm I'm thrilled for that opportunity. We have a, an unbelievable team that it's it's never going to be one person. One person can't even begin to fill his shoes. It's going to take an entire team yeah. of people to jump in those shoes because without him, there's none of this. Right, like the vision to take it from this tiny little thing happening in bars and to this the to this this big to global sensation like Conglomer, nothing else yeah. right um you know wrestlemania is one of the most valuable sports franchises yep. on the planet yep. billions of social media followers the, the 70 plus billion lifetime views on on youtube right like the 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 level of of fan interaction following and dedication and passion for what we do there's nothing like it, and I'll put any sport against that, and I'll put any form of entertainment. Certain movies only resonate in certain countries. Certain sports only resonate in certain countries. Name one that goes everywhere. Yeah, it's WWE. Oh, right? On on the topic of social media and and you know how it's gonna play with the WWE, we're in the air the era of social media creators, influencers, whatever you want to call them. When when I don't know how the idea of Logan Paul joining the WWE got to your desk, but candidly, what were your feelings and what were your thoughts when you first heard that Jake Paul's older brother was going <laughs> to join? Like, be honest, like, be completely honest. Maybe completely honest. Yeah, yeah. So who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who? He's, yeah. not, he's not the demo. <laughs> You're not no, the demo. Yeah, no offense. Dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny because sometimes people talk about our business. Go like, well, I, I, I you know, I, 
I watched a little bit when I was a kid. That means I never watched. <laughs> yeah. not, and they don't want to offend me or something like that. Like, yeah, no, it's not for everybody. Right? Yeah. So but, when, when they first said it, Kristen Prouty walked in, talked all about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know who that is. Like, I, I, I no <laughs> KP, <idea. laughs> let's go. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. And then they told me, and then I started looking at it, and I was like, holy shit. These dudes are massive, right? And, and uh, you know, and I have kids, right? And they're watching all this stuff. And then as now it's on your radar. So now you start hearing people talk about it, where if I would have heard people talk about it before, I wouldn't have ever paid attention to it. Now you start paying attention to it. Like, this thing is huge. We got to get with this guy. And then, you know, even then, I, I can tell you over the years, a million celebrities have come up to us and said, I, I want to be a WWE superstar. I want to do it so bad, right? That that all sounds great on paper. First time they hit the mat, they're like, "Yeah." So I was thinking maybe I could help with commentary, or I could, you know, I could do something else because that shit hurts. Gary yeah. <laughs> Busey, like yeah. Nick Nolte. <laughs> no, dude, this isn't for you. It's a lot of that, or you know, and, and they just don't get it. But then when they do, it, it's a different story. Then there are certain. Folks that come into it that are just like invested in it, and then that's when I light up, right? If if somebody comes in and they just want to hook their wagon to it for a minute, or they want to promote a film, that's exciting. But when somebody comes in like you and goes, well, "Hey, this is awesome! I'd like to be a part of this," and then when they come in and they kill it, you see that level of because you know to do what you did, right? It's it's like Bad Bunny, same thing, mm. like. And and I don't give this easy, right? Because I've done this for a long time, put my life on the line for it, and seen other people do the same. Respect in our business for what we do is tough to get. And I don't give it easy. Taker doesn't give it easy, right? The people at the top are like, yeah, you got to earn it. And it's a lot to earn, right? You earned my respect. Thank you. B big time. Bad Bunny earned my respect big time because – to do what you did, you had to dedicate yourself 100%. I don't even mean just going to the gym for a couple of hours and going through the motions and doing the stuff. I mean dedicate yourself to it. Like you woke up in the morning thinking about it, you went to bed at night thinking about it, right? That's the difference to me. And when you can do that, now now I, I want to help you succeed. Yeah. I want to help somebody go, because I know what that's like. I know it's the greatest gig in the world. If you can make somebody help somebody feel that because they have a passion for it and they're willing to grind and they're willing to put in that level of dedication, take the risk, everything else. Shit. Yeah. Let's go. I have no problem earning respect. I've, I've done it before and I intend on doing it in the WWE. I, I will say though, I do really feel like I have a bit of a cheat code and I did hop to the highest level so quick. And I, can kind of feel some of the other wrestlers sometimes with maybe a little chip on their shoulder because sure. you know they put in years decades even of work to just to get where i am now and look I, if a dude comes into a podcast next week starts whipping your ass a month later you're like yeah yeah, yeah we've like, been I'm at a, this shit i'm gonna kill this guy yeah, yeah, yeah what's going on and i feel <laughs> i feel like i get it i don't know how i'm here i just i just am but um i do i do want to commend all the all the people who have been doing this you know for the majority of their life like like most of my now peers have been um and i know you uh uh are big in recruitment, which I think is going to be yeah. massive in, in, in the future of the WWE, right? NIL, you mentioned, next in line yeah, at the beginning. That's and, huge for us. Yep, and, and, and NXT as well? Yeah. 
So, you know, NXT started, we created... With you, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, us, right? Like, so as a company, Vince and I sat down, this is years ago. Obviously, I wore Steph out talking about it before that. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we talked about it. And, like, there was a moment in time where Vince was so successful at creating one brand. But it in, in turn, shut down all these territories and all the places that guys had to go learn this craft over time. And we started talking about it in a manner of saying, like, we're, like, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're screwed. Like, where are these guys coming from? Yeah. And, and somebody's got to teach them because of the guys were out there learning, but it was not good. Um, and somebody had to teach them properly and, and correctly and, and uh, teach them how to do it right. So how do you do that? How do you get better quality athletes? How do you get better quality humans, all that stuff? You build a performance center. You, you, you make it, um, you know, at the time, you make it super cutting edge where a professional athlete that is thinking about doing this you know, can walk in and go like, oh yeah, this is like, even if to learn the money's not great up front, but I get to be an athlete in a place like this, I'll do this every day for a while and see if I can do this. Mm. You know, that's the kind of stuff that cuts it. Then you need a brand for them to learn on. So we created NXT, we rolled with that. You know, um, the difficulty for us has been and always been on the recruiting side, finding people with the passion to do this, with the athletic skill to do this, the charisma to do it, which is king, and then the right human beings. Mm. The biggest pool of people to do that is collegiate athletics, right? It, it, it just is. is why the NFL can let go of 500 players a year because they have this ocean of talent coming into them at any point in time. And for every person that's in college football waiting to get in the NFL, there's hundreds that are in other sports that no one looks at and there's no professional avenue for them and like – yeah, when you get done being a hammer thrower, like your gig Shot is, mm. yeah, I either coach or I get a gig doing something else, whatever I got my degree in. Um, but we couldn't engage with those collegiate athletes because of NCAA rules and all that, right? Even though we're an entertainment company, we risk their eligibility, and it was difficult. Um, once NIL hit, it was a game changer because I could immediately talk to all these athletes and offer them this opportunity, mm. which for a vast majority of them are like, oh my God, I grew up watching this. Like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And I, I get to, I'm, I'm 21 years old. Man, I'm going to take this shot for a couple of years and be an athlete, have the all the things that, the Big E and I were talking about this just the other day about the recruiting process because while he's out with his injuries, kind of like helping be a part of this. And uh, you know, he was saying how devastating it was for him. He's in college. Everything in his life was football and athletics and and that camaraderie of team the the drive the grind all the things that go on being a pro athlete and then all of a sudden he graduates college and he's like it all just stops that all goes away and like so what, what do i do with yeah, my life and that drive i get a i get a job well, that's great but this it isn't anywhere near the same level of anything so to now have that opportunity for these kids to go like, well, wait a minute, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to the Olympics or whatever, and I'm not going to be a pro hammer thrower, and I'm not going to do all these other things. What can I do? And WWE throws an opportunity at you, which many of them probably had thought about. Man, I'd love to do that. Just, how do you do it? I, I have no idea, you know. Um, now we're getting right out to them and saying, Come, come with us. Yep. Right. We have some some college athletes on NIL deals where they're, you know, um, 
our ours is different. We're not looking for a transactional thing where we, you know, like a chicken company where we go like here, here's a few grand, like say you love our chicken. You know, we're working with athletes that want to be a part of WWE that we can invest in. We're looking for long-term recruiting opportunities with these people and how we can make them long-term, you know, bigger. And they promote us. So every contest they go to, every game they go to, everything they go to, they're representing WWE. They're like a walking billboard. Mm. And then when they get to the end of their college career, we've worked with them on how to be, a, a you know, their finances. We've worked with them on social media. We've worked with them on how, how, do, you, how do you make yourself a brand, right? We've worked with them on all that. So they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. If they don't come with us at the end of it, great. They've been a billboard for us for two years or yeah. three years or whatever it's been. If they do come with us, we're already way ahead of the game in, in who they are as human beings and as athletes and, and everything else under the sun. So it's, it's, it's the perfect mix for us. Dude, that 360 degree like breeding, if you will, is so important and, and sharp. Whoever implemented that, like kudos, because I can only imagine, like we've even suggested this to Dana white. If the UFC had a, program where they were like 360 degree breeding their fighters and they came in with their in their in the ring or the octagon with the enthusiasm excitement charisma Branding, personality of yeah, yeah. if every ufc fighter was a conor mcgregor you know yeah or, or any wwe superstar but if you're they, just sitting waiting like we can create or we can have the attempt at least to create a conor mcgregor and we do you yeah. have a ton of them we, right we have you we have, we have connors generational yeah. right yeah. from from Bruno San Martino yeah. all the way through to Roman Reigns right now and everything in between. And, and you can even throw Brock Lesnar into that list because where did he learn to do the personality, charisma, all those other mm -hmm. things that he had, right? Mm -hmm. Like athletically, yes, but the rest of it, like from us, so his, sure. his level of promotion and all that stuff was next level when he went to UFC and that's what he, he jumped off on. But yeah, if, if they can do that, but what, what boxing and, and all those sports do is they're just waiting for the next generational yeah, they're, they're waiting. talent. They're waiting. Yeah, he's waiting for somebody to come along that captivates you, yeah. right? And and we're different. We we can control that environment. We can control the, and we also can control the narrative long term. I, I remember having a conversation with Dana uh, when they were going into China, and and the the Chinese national girl was fighting for the yeah. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw him at the ESPYS, and he was like. You know, I was congratulating him on the movement into China and all, and he said, "Yeah, and no, I just I needed to win, uh, and, right?" And he was like, "It's all just if it if she gets killed, it's all for nothing. If yeah. if she wins, man, it, we're on fire." And I said to him, "Like it's magic what we do. I know she wins with us." <laughs> <laughs> True, because she lost. I think I, I don't recall. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't recall at the time how that went. I thought she won, but I'm not positive. No, that, I, I also apparently don't recall. Don't <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got the we just got the five minute sign from the produ our producer Dylan. I want to I want to ask. I thought if, you ran this. Not really. He's, nah. he's the boss, or at least he he also throws us up symbols that we don't even know what he's saying. Sometimes he does this. He like runs by and gives you gang he does signs. Like, and yes, like, we're like, what are we supposed to do with this info? I think he wants to fight us. But, I don't know. <laughs> I'll throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, actually, Lo Logan had tried to add some physicality to today's podcast yeah. and I, I looked at our pdf this morning and said please no wrestling that's roots. not true i did, yeah. not, I did <laughs> not dylan pitched it you guys can oh, have at it all you want i'm of a watch mode now so like i'll i'll critique it well, wait ask about, ask about over here ask about steph <laughs> not participating i, I want to talk about steph a little bit let's go steph is right there yeah 
Your wife, daughter of Vince? If you want her to whip your ass, go ahead. I don't oh, care. Oh, no, no. You want to get her involved? I don't want I'm, any problems. I'm scared of her. You should be too. Yeah, let me just say. All my bosses I, are in this room. You've been they hit hard. Too. Her slap will take your eye out of your head. I'm just saying. I believe you. I believe you. Um, no, that's, I mean, it, just just real quick, the last like thing is uh, I, I, I can't believe how like familial now this organization is, right? She's in charge. And now you're again the head of creative, and you guys work in tandem, and you work in tandem at home because you're married. Uh, you have kids, yeah, three kids, God three, three three girls, sixteen, fourteen, twelve. I'll be honest with you, it sounds like a nightmare. It, it's a lot. <laughs> well, the sixteen year old just started driving, just got her permit. I'm starting to teach the fourteen year old now a little bit. I'm panicking about the little one trying to learn how to drive because she's the nut job. But uh, it's it's gonna be. Uh, Wait. So how does? I love you, stinker. <laughs> I love you, stinker. I mean that job in the best way possible. Yeah. But how, okay. So you're both you're both so busy and you're always here. I see. Who is raising these children? <laughs> we just put some. We put kibble out. Okay. And some water, and we just lock the door so they can't get out, and then just let them go. What What's know. the biggest challenge of working alongside your uh, the person you're married to? Because I I work with my spouse as well so i know yeah. th there's quite a bit of challenges there like what's the biggest challenge you guys have found i mean honestly if i was to look at it, her always being right that's <laughs> that's the hardest yeah how much of that how much of that happy wife happy life carries, yeah, yeah, yeah. It carries just, into the sometimes boardroom. it's just hard to swallow but you just have to do it <laughs> i'm gonna get slapped when i do. yeah <laughs> no it's just wild you know because it started as a storyline correct that's why we, we always joke that our our marriage works so well, like almost 20 years. And like, I think we're more in love now and happier now than we were even then, which is really cool. Like being married to your best friend is awesome. But we always say it works the best because we had a dry run on TV. We were married. Uh, do you we still were, have a writer yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Had we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have three yeah. daughters. Yeah. I need to have a chat. Don't talk with, back. I, I need to have a chat with the writer. But uh, yeah, but you know, we, we were married, had a violent divorce, divorced, the whole thing on TV. And so we know what it's all like. We got it know, out of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. We got it out of the way. We're all good now. Well, Steph. Damn. Thanks. And Nick. And yeah, Nick, our, our, our co-CEO. And, uh, and, um, yeah, my my uh, my uh -oh. booking assistant over there, Sonny Khan, is my booking assistant. I'm gonna go Drink pick his brain. Drink prime. I'm gonna go pick his brain for some good ideas on on SummerSlam later today. Amazing, so. amazing. Well, I I want to give and, and KP too. You guys all a, a personal thank you uh, for for trusting me and welcoming me with opening open arms into this business. Like it is uh, a lot, and I'm glad that there's trust between us. That you guys trust in me to do what I need to do to put on a great show and continue propelling this organization forward. I, I love working with you because of what I said earlier, your passion for this. Mm. Dude, I, when, I, when I looked over from Gorilla the, the, the night you were gonna go out there and I said that, walked over and said this stuff to you, I could see it in your eyes as you were staring at the ground getting yourself into it. I could feel it coming out of you. And I was like, this dude is like, he's one of us. He's as mm. passionate about this. This is in his soul right now that's mm -hmm. why i went over and talked to you right like I, I when somebody has that level of passion i can't help but want to go over there and work with them and and if there's some way that i can assist them to get it even more and become even bigger and I'm, I'm all over it so for me thank you for the passion for it because not everybody has it some people come in here differently and 
you have it and, and thank you for having it and, and I look forward to we're going to take WWE to places it's never been yeah. and how we're going to partially do that is by working with people like you that can help us get to places that we haven't even thought of yet for sure right and vice versa for you hopefully we make you even bigger than you ever thought for you could sure. possibly be for sure sounds nice right that's that's <laughs> the that's the goal in all of this and and uh I don't you know I don't I don't think there's anything as a brand as a product as a when people ask us wh where we see this thing going we're disney we're not yep you know we're we're going to be bigger lo long term you talked about the multiverse it's like let's do it all those things that 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 are there for us in front of us the the exponential growth and where we can go and where we can take this and the desire to and no one's going to stop us I love that, man. Wow. This has been an honor. Uh, I'm going to go stretch because I have a match tonight at yeah. SummerSlam in front of 50,000 people. When they, asked me to, when they asked me to do this and they said, well, you can do it that morning, I'm like, should he do it that morning? Because I, I feel know. like I'm good doing it that morning, I but know. I feel like he's going to be kind of like thinking about later. Maybe he should. we should do it a different time. Yeah. They said, you're fine with it. So Wait till you see him at 2 a.m. at his after appearance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Amazing. Paul, boss, sir. Triple H, thank you for coming on Impulsive, man. The number one podcast in the world. Honored. Honored. Thank if you. you guys are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Before we go, really quickly, George, you were so quiet this whole episode. Do you have anything to say about Jesus? Anything? In <laughs> yeah, it's always a Jesus joke. Uh, like, so this is what happened, man. Like, you intimidate the fuck out of me, and I didn't want to interrupt you. You should be. Yeah, and, like, I love Jesus, but I'm not ready to meet him just yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for context, there's, like, 30 people watching from WWE. Yeah, 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 yeah. That all could fire Logan. So, like, <laughs> they could fire my boss. So, what the right. fuck am I going to do here? That trickles downhill, right? Yep. That, that yeah. firing trickles downhill. Yeah. First yeah. generation, still trying to keep it in America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we love You're you. You're doomed. Thank you. Peace, y'all. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.